0: We're going to be looking today at John chapter 20, uh, verses 19 through 24. I have in the bulletin uh, verses 19 through 31, but I decided yesterday to uh, only preach through uh, verse 24 today, and then next week we'll look at 25 through uh, the end of the chapter. But John chapter 20, this is Easter day, the resurrection day. Uh, The disciples are together, 19 through through 23, actually. Uh, So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. So it was evening after the morning when Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. Remember we looked last week at how Mary came to the tomb, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and uh, saw that it was The tomb was empty. Uh, She went and told the disciples, and Peter and John ran to the tomb. They too saw that the tomb was empty. And uh, the Scripture says John, the one that Jesus loved, believed. Now, we don't know if he believed that Jesus was alive. I think he only believed the tomb was empty because he had seen that. They came back and uh, another version of the Gospels, another one of the Gospels tells us that when they came back and told that Jesus was alive, the disciples thought they were crazy. They didn't believe them. It was a confusing time for them. Jesus had told of his resurrection, but they didn't understand. He had told of his crucifixion, but they did not understand. So now that they had seen evidence and some of them had actually seen Jesus alive, they still didn't understand. And verse 19 says, the evening of that day, the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. They were gathered together, doors shut, doors locked, hiding out because they were afraid They might be next they were afraid that the Jewish leaders would come and look for them and take them to the cross as well or take them at least to jail and have them arrested can you just imagine them gathered together all that had happened they had seen Jesus dead On the cross they had seen or at least some of them had seen them take him down from the cross and they knew that he had been laid in a borrowed tomb and a rock had been rolled across that opening of the tomb can you imagine their fear the one they had placed their hope in the one they had looked to as their king and their leader was gone and now there were some words That maybe he was alive but they were fearful locked in a room have you ever been locked in a room afraid I remember a number of years ago I was on a mission trip to China and one of our jobs one day was to pack ziploc bags or something like ziploc bags with gospel materials cassette tapes written material, uh, other items, some CDs, I believe. We were to pack those in these bags and put them in backpacks so that some other teams could go out and deliver these items. This was illegal in China. To do that kind of thing, to give out literature, to pack Christian literature was illegal. We had to go, we were in a multi-story apartment building in a very large city, but we had to go to that building one at a time over a period of hours. So as not to arouse the interest of, of the police, of the authorities. So we had to stage our arrival there. We had to try to be as, uh, unobtrusive as we could, which was hard for people over six feet tall. And, uh, Uh, To go into a a building there, but we did it and we were told by those that were guiding us Do not open the door if somebody knocks on the door Because the police might try to find you So we were there we we knew we were doing something illegal something that would get us at least kicked out of the country if we were found Uh, The power went out while we were doing this and we thought They've come and cut the power off in the building And they're coming to get us they didn't we finally after hours and hours got our work done and were able to leave but it was a little bit fearful to be there in essence hiding from the authorities just the way these disciples were they were afraid they were quaking in their sandals for fear of the Jews there but then The last part of verse 19 says, Jesus came and stood in their midst. Jesus came and stood in their midst. Locked doors, closed room, but Jesus came and stood in their midst. The locked door was no barrier for for him. We gather from this that probably he was able to walk right through the door without it being opened. His resurrected body was real. He was alive, but it was of a different nature. Just as he told Mary, don't, don't touch me yet. Don't grab hold of me yet, uh, for I've not yet ascended to my father. So there was something different about his body, but he was clearly alive, and he came and stood amongst them. So what do you think they were doing? When they saw him, do you think their hearts were beating? Do you think they were excited that they were maybe confused in all this? You get that sense because Jesus' first words to them were peace be with you. Just as he had spoken to the stormy Sea of Galilee when they were out during the storm. And as he said, peace, the waves got still. The wind ceased. Here these, these uh, disciples were on a stormy sea of sorts as they were fearful, confused. And Jesus said, peace be unto you. And you can just imagine how their hearts began to slow. Their rapid breath may be slowed down to a normal breathing pattern. Their fear and their Uh, confusion suddenly began to to go away because Jesus was with them. Peace be with you. What a word. Jesus had promised that he would bring peace to his disciples. He uh, was a Lord of peace. And he had promised this to disciples. Several years ago I was on a mission trip to Malaysia and one day we had the opportunity in the capital city of Kuala Lumpur to go to the National Mosque of Malaysia, a huge and beautiful building, actually kind of a peaceful building made of marble and stone, beautiful. There weren't many people in that at all. We looked around little bit. They wouldn't let us go in the worship center, but we could go anywhere else we wanted to go. And, and there were three or four of us. The, uh, if, if we weren't dressed properly, they had robes to put on. I just happened to have on, I guess, a long sleeve shirt and long pants. And I didn't have to change or put on any additional clothes. Some of the others did. But I, we began just to walk around by ourselves. And I met this Malaysian man. And we began to talk a little bit, and I was hoping to get the opportunity to share with him. But before I could get into a gospel conversation, he said, I must go and find my family. So I walked around a little bit more, and as I continued to walk, I saw him again. This time he was gathered with his wife and their little child. And they were sitting on the floor in an isolated spot in the, in the mosque. And they had a little picnic meal, just some small snacks. And they were sitting there just enjoying uh, each other. And I came up and spoke to them uh, again and, and uh, just to make conversation, hoping to be able to follow up. And the wife said, sit down, please. Sit down. I thought they were going to offer me something to eat. They, they didn't, which was fine. I didn't really need anything. But what I wanted to do was to share with them. Were we using Uh, Something called any three anywhere anytime anyone. It's how to to witness to Muslims and to others or or different backgrounds and um, uh, After a few minutes of conversation telling where I was from finding out that the the wife was an English teacher in a In a high school and the husband was a college professor Uh, I told them a little about myself. I didn't tell them everything about myself and I began going through the any three presentation, and we talk about your religious backgrounds, and and I got into Jesus and Jesus being the sacrifice for our sins, and and how even Muslims believe in in sacrifice. And as I was in the middle of that, the wife stopped me and said, "Excuse me, do you have peace?" Just I hadn't really talked about peace at that time. But she wondered if I had peace because it was evident that she was not experiencing peace in her life. That she didn't know uh, that her sins were forgiven and that she was right with her creator. And I explained the peace that Jesus brings and how Jesus is a Lord of peace and can calm our fears and can can make peace between us and God. Because we are often called enemies of God before we accept him. And Jesus makes peace between us and God. And I explained that to her. I continued with the gospel presentation a little longer. Her eyes were fixed on me. The husband wasn't quite as interested, but she was. And I had hopes that she would accept Jesus as her savior. I finished the presentation and I looked especially at her because of her interaction. I said, Would you like to accept Jesus as your Savior? I expected her to say, yes, I would. But instead, when I asked that, after constant eye contact and interaction, her eyes went down. There were seven or eight seconds of silence. And she began gathering her things together as the butterfly has emerged there. And uh, it's about you'll see it begin to spring its wings. I was expecting that of her, that she was going to be changed by accepting Jesus, but instead she looked down, gathered her things together, and said, We must go. Because she understood the cost of following Jesus. Feel free to come on down and look at this if you would like to. Yeah. She understood the cost of following Jesus and that in her setting they she and her husband might both lose their jobs they might both be put in a type of prison camp for two or 3 years for leaving the islamic faith it was very sad to see that response but at the same time i realized that i thought she understood that she wanted peace but was not willing to give her life to Jesus to experience that peace. But Jesus gave His disciples peace in that. And when He had said this, He showed them both His hands and His side. Yes, it's me. Look where they drove the nails. Look where the spear pierced my side. It's me. He showed that to him. And what was the disciples' response? They rejoiced. They rejoiced. They had now seen the Lord. They knew he was alive. They knew this was the one that had died on the cross and now he was in the midst uh, of them. And they rejoiced when they saw him. This ought to be our constant Reaction to the resurrection of Jesus, not just on an Easter Sunday like last week, not just even on a Sunday when we come and celebrate the Lord, but every day we rejoice because we have a living Savior. The disciples went from fearful, locked in a room, disciples to rejoicing followers of Jesus. Verse 22 says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them. (sighs) Symbolic of the the Holy Spirit. Breathing on them. He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive. I, I actually skipped Skipped over something that's crucially important after the rejoicing. First of all, in verse 21, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. So again, peace. And when Jesus says something twice, it's important again, as all his words are. So he said to them again, peace. I really mean it. Peace to you. And then he gave another version of the Great Commission. We know of the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, but here in the Gospel of John is a synopsis, is a very short version of the Great Commission, the one that He gave to His disciples that would enable them to go into the world, starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world, and make disciples baptizing and teaching them that, uh, all the things that he had taught and, and his version here in John verse John 2021, 20, as the father has sent me, I also send you or the one that's most familiar from the King James version, as the father has sent me, even so send I you. So Jesus is telling them the father sent me to minister to the world to do uh, to to a mission here on earth. My mission was to proclaim the kingdom of God and to die on the cross for your sins and for the sins of the world. And now he's saying as the father sent me for a very special mission, I send you out into the world for this. They weren't to die on the cross for sins. Some of them would die because of their faith, because of their proclaiming Jesus. But it wasn't dying for sins. It was dying in obedience to Christ. Some of them would not die of that. But Jesus was sending them into the world to proclaim the good news of Jesus to all the world. So he sent them out with a job to do. But he didn't just send them out in their own power. That's when he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus had promised to send a comforter. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. He had promised to send a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And he says, now receive this Holy Spirit. We also know there was a coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 at at Pentecost uh, as well. And uh, so he he, uh, wanted to make sure they knew of the presence. And here, this small group, they received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. A larger group received the Holy Spirit that they might do the work because Jesus knew we cannot do the work by ourselves in our own power and isn't that comforting to know that you and i don't have to change anybody you and i don't have to with our own courage with our own strength with our own persuasiveness bring anybody to the lord we can't do it ourselves but with the holy spirit which the lord gives us we are able then to go out in strength, in the strength of the Holy Spirit to do God's will. Yesterday we were uh, at, at visitation and we were, I thought we were about finished, but uh, as we were coming back toward the church, one of our team mentioned an individual that, that they had visited with a team uh, some time ago. And uh, mentioned uh, a long conversation this person had uh, had a lot of questions and and to tell you the truth I wasn't very excited about about stopping there I didn't want to have an argument I didn't want a a long conversation with anyone at that time it was not long from uh, when when we were supposed to finish I had uh, a task to do after visitation but I thought well we ought to stop. That individual has, has this person on their heart. We ought to stop. And we stopped. And it was obviously the Holy Spirit that had put this person in the heart. Of the one that suggested that we stop because there was no argument at all. There was just a genuine sharing from both sides. And uh, just a wonderful visit with somebody who very much needed a visit we may talk about that visit a little more next week when we talk about Thomas who's often called doubting Thomas but but we were able to stop there and and just share from our hearts and it was obvious the holy spirit was there doing a the work there we didn't have to convince we we couldn't convince this individual of of any Doubts that they may have had, but at the same time, this individual was opening up and was sharing and just, we left there with prayer and it was really a rejoicing time. Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. And we go out in the power of the Holy Spirit doing what God has called us to do. Jesus has told us to be at peace. He has said, As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And we are sent into our community. We are sent to our neighbors. We are sent to our family members. We are sent to those we go to school with. We are sent to sometimes other countries, other states to do uh, the work of God, but we don't have to do it in our own strength. Sometimes a witness attempt that we thought, boy, I messed that up. The Holy Spirit didn't mess up. The Holy Spirit's able to take our feeble words, our our sometimes failed attempts, and is able to do great things because it's the Holy Spirit that brings the truth of the gospel home to those we share with. So don't be afraid to share. Don't be afraid to let folks know of the Savior who can save them, who can give peace and comfort and Help and we can see a metamorphosis among people just as we saw uh, I Missed it as he first came out of the shell it happened so quickly But he came out with crumpled wings and now he is, his wings have been filled and so shortly He'll start flapping them to exercise his wings a little bit and we'll be able to, to fly in a few hours on that metamorphosis change god wants us to change and he wants us to tell others how they can be changed through the power of the holy spirit jesus sends us he appeared to his disciples fearful scared wondering what was happening and this empowerment this sending them out and this giving of the holy spirit changed them forever they weren't perfect after that But no longer were they the fearful, scared, shy, denying disciples that had been. At least Peter was a denier. They received the Holy Spirit and they stood boldly. And some of them gave their very lives for the sake of the gospel. Jesus makes a difference. Jesus makes a difference in our lives. He sends us out, but he doesn't send us out alone. He sends us out with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that you're a good God, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Father, today, help us to realize that we are commissioned. You have commissioned us to go into our neighborhoods, to go to our neighbors, to go to our family members, to go to all those we come in contact with And let them know how they can be changed, how they can be new creations in Jesus Christ. And oh Lord, that we're not alone, but you're with us. Father, if there's one here who's never trusted Jesus, I pray that this is a day they can be changed. They can be made new by the power of Jesus Christ. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.